New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hey everyone, Dr. Joseph here uh, for you with day 77 of our reading plan through the book of Exodus. And uh, I'm going to be reading Exodus chapter 39, and uh, I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 26. And so I'm very excited to be doing this. Uh, I'm going to be reading out the New International Version. So uh, let's, uh, let's dig in here, and then I'll give you some comments uh, as follow-up. From the blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, they made woven, govern- warm, woven garments Sorry, for ministering in the sanctuary. They also made sacred garments for Aaron, as the Lord commanded Moses. They made the ephod of gold and of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn, and of finely twisted linen. They hammered out thin sheets of gold and cut strands to be worked into the blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and fine linen, the work of a skilled craftsman. They made shoulder pieces for the ephod, which were attached to two corner, two of its corners so that it could be fastened. Its skillfully woven waistband was like it and one piece with the ephod and made with gold and with blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and with finely twisted linen as the Lord commanded Moses. They mounted the onyx stones in gold filigree settings and engraved them like a seal with the names of the sons of Israel. Then they fastened them on the shoulder pieces of the ephod as memorial stones for the sons of Israel as the Lord commanded Moses. They fashioned the breast the breast piece, the work of a skilled craftsman. They made it like the ephod of gold and of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and a finely twisted linen. It was a square, a span long and a span wide, and folded double. Then they mounted four rows of precious stones on it. In the first row there was a ruby, a topaz, and a barrel. In the second row a turquoise, a sapphire, and emerald. In the third row a jacinth, an agate, and a ameth- amethyst. In the fourth row, chrysolite, an onyx, and a jasper. They were mounted in the gold filigree settings. There were twelve stones, each one for each of the names of the sons of Israel, each engraved like a seal with the name of one of the twelve tribes. For the breastpiece, they made braided chains of pure gold like a rope. They made two gold filigree settings and two gold rings and fastened the rings to the two of the corners of the breastpiece. They fastened the two gold chains to the rings at the corners of the breastpiece and the other ends of the chains to the two settings, attaching them to the shoulder pieces of the ephod at the, at the front. They made two gold rings and attached them to the other two corners of the breastpiece of the inner inside edge next to the ephod. Then they made two more gold rings and attached them to the bottom of the shoulder pieces on the front of the ephod close to the seam just above the waistband of the ephod. They tied the, the rings of the breastpiece to the rings of the ephod with gold blue with blue cord, sorry, connected it with a waistband so that the breastpiece would not swing out from the ephod as the Lord commanded Moses. They made the robe of the ephod entirely blue cloth, the work of the weaver, with an opening in the center of the robe like an opening of a collar, and a band around its opening so that they would not tear. They made pomegranates of blue, purple, and scarlet yarn and finely twisted linen around the hem of the robe. And they made bells of pure gold and attached them around the hem between the pomegranates. The bells of the pomegranates alternated around the hem of the robe to be worn for ministering as the Lord commanded 
Moses. So in this passage, what we have is the garments that uh, that, that the high priest, the great high priest would wear whenever he would, one, enter into the tabernacle, and then two, whenever he would enter into the most holy of holies as a representative of the people. And a couple of things just to kind of point out in this. One, we, we see the, the garment is, is a white garment with blue, purple, and scarlet uh, mixed in with that. This blue and purple and scarlet, those would have been colors that would have been associated with royalty. And so we can really start to see this beautiful picture. It starts to just start to be laid out of how we see God's royalty, this, this wonderful picture that we are to be as the children of God, that we are these co-heirs with Christ. So we're going to talk a little bit more about that. But that's one of the first things that you see. These were sacred garments. They were guarded garments. These were not things that were worn every single day. They were put on in these specific moments to be taken into, into the most holy place. And along with that as well was uh, there was this breast piece. And on this breast piece, as it talks about in verse 14, there were 12 stones, one uh, for each of the names of the sons of Israel. Now, I think it's really kind of interesting. We've, we've talked before about how you've got to remember the different names that are that are used here. It wasn't the names of, it wasn't the sons of Jacob, no. It was the sons of Israel. Remember when we talk about the sons, whenever Jacob is mentioned, that's all talking about his earthly name and how he was a wrestler, how he wrestled with God in different things. And, and yet God still provided the promise. And so that's why they were called the children of Israel. It wasn't just a national name, but this was a uh, the children of promise. That's what Israel was. And so each of them were engraved like a seal with the name of one of the 12 tribes. And so whenever the priest is walking in and this breast place is breast piece is, is right in front of this being demonstrated, he's walking in with the promises of God. And it's almost this, this picture of I enter in not under my own strength. I enter in under completely the promise of God to be delivered uh, in this way. Of course, we could kind of see a little bit further on into uh, how this was made, how there were uh, extra robes that were worn, how this was just a very ornate garment that was put together. And I think it's really kind of interesting as well to talk about how the different bells were worn. In fact, it was uh, it was said before that at one time that uh, the, the great high priest, whenever he would enter into the Holy of Holies, they would take a rope, they would tie it around his ankle as he would wear bells and he would be ministering before the Lord and he'd be walking in there uh, ministering before the Lord in that way. And if the bells ever stopped ringing, then that was an understanding that he would may have died because he entered into the Holy of Holies unclean. And, and so because of this, uh, he was in the most holy place. God's not going to allow sin to enter into there. And so because of that, he would have killed him right there on, on the spot. And so if you heard the bell stop ringing, they would drag him out uh, with the rope uh, through the curtain. And so once again, that's why you, you kind of heard some of the bells that were born in that way. Now, what are the pictures for us of this? What are the, the takeaways that we look at whenever we see this talked about, the garments that are, that are to be worn in this? Well, I think we have to remember, one, number one, 
that whenever we place our faith in Christ, that we are we receive the robe of royalty. We receive this, this wonderful robe of the Holy Spirit that's placed upon our life. And from that moment on, we have the seal. We carry the ephod of the promises of God to go with us and the promises of his presence, right? You think about it, going back to our Joe No series uh, that we had uh, back, uh, back in the summer. You know, we saw Joseph, and, and a part of that, we saw the promises of God that were being uh, being executed through through Joseph and how this was a uh, an amazing thing that was happening, of how the promises were being fulfilled in that. And so we see that we were carrying with us the promises of God, even today when we place our faith in Christ. In fact, we're called co-heirs of Christ in Romans chapter 8, verse 15. Therefore, because we have the Spirit of God, we are able to cry, Abba, Father. And as Abba, Father, that means we're co-heirs with Christ. And so once again, we're carrying with us the promise of eternal life and the seal of the Holy Spirit with us. And so we, we remember that, that, uh, that we are a part of the promises of God. But number two, we also see Christ enters as the sacrifice for all people. You see that whenever Christ came and died on the cross, this was the picture. This was the showing of how this was where the greatest, the greatest sacrifice was made, not by anything that we did. No, it's purely by Christ's sacrifice. In fact, I, I want to just read to you Hebrews uh, chapter nine because I think it really does set up the picture of what's happening here uh, to to point to the. Uh, what the great high priest's responsibility was, but how this was fulfilled ultimately in Jesus Christ. And it says in uh, uh, Hebrews chapter 9, verse 6, when everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry out their ministry. But only the high priest entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood, which he offered for himself and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifice being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regula regulations applying until the time of this new order. Verse 11, so key. When Christ came as the high priest of the good things that were already here, he went through the greater, more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, that is to say, not a part of this creation. He died, He did not enter by means of the blood of goats and calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctifies them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then, verse 14, then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Once again, we see this beautiful picture of Christ. He entered in as the great high priest. He entered in, and he is now the mediator of the new covenant. And the way that he entered in, not with the blood of goats, heifers, or anything like that, he entered in by his own perfect blood through the perfect sacrifice. And so we see that Christ, whenever he put on the garment, that he embraced being the great high priest, that he was the greatest sacrifice for that. And here's the last thing I want you to see. 
Christ invites us to eternal life. Christ invites us to eternal life. When you go to Revelation chapter 21, and we see that there's the new heaven and the new earth that's put together there, that we, we see this ultimate fulfillment of Christ as the mediator of that. And what are, the, what are the ways that we see that is in the construction of the new heaven and the new earth. And the new heaven is this beautiful picture where there's the these 12 gates, and the 12 gates represent the 12 tribes again of the sons of Israel. And once again, here's what we have this picture. We are all a part of the promises of God being fulfilled. It, it's not reserved to just uh, to just the the Jewish people, it's not reserved for uh, for only uh, the few people or anything like that. We see this opportunity for anyone to place their faith in Jesus Christ. Once again, the exclusivity and the inclusivity of Christ. It's through Christ and Christ alone that we are saved. That's what the new heaven, the new earth. It is for those that have placed their faith in Jesus Christ, those that Christ has, uh, has called to salvation. But it's inclusive in that it's available for everyone. It's available for all. And so we understand that Christ, what does he do? He invites us. He invites us to come in under the blood, under his uh, under that, under the new covenant that's available for anyone and everyone to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. What a great truth that, that is. And so I just want to encourage you in this as you're just finishing up and you're continuing on with the uh, the Bible reading series. Uh, remember these great truths that we see even just in these garments. We see the promises of God being and how Christ fulfills the promises of God as the as the great high priest. We see that that Christ he provided the ultimate sacrifice. Where before these priests, they would have had to continue to offer these sacrifices year after year. And yet we see that it's by his perfect blood that the sacrifices were fulfilled and made. But then we see also the invitation, the invitation to experience the new heaven, new earth in the promises, in the presence of Christ for all eternity, because it's all about Jesus Christ. All of this, once again, points to Jesus time and time again. Thank you again for this, uh, for enjoying this day of reading plan and look forward to as you continue on with your reading through the book of Exodus. God bless. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.